and welcome to Sister Act. My name is Jackie Farrow. My co-host is Nicola Farrow. We're sisters. We talk about movie musicals. Um, today we're talking about Cinderella 2021 starring Camila Cabello. Yeah, and not... an Ansel Elgort lookalike. A weird sort of <laughs> hype up for West Side Story was like, what if Ansel Elgort had one little earring and was with a less talented Latino singer? I thought that he looked like, I don't know. I thought like that he looked like so many people. I was like, I don't know who this guy is. I, <laughs> he kind of reminded me of Nick Robinson from Love, Simon a little bit. Yeah, I could see. I mean, all those people remind me of each other. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, he's yes. his own person. He but reminded he just had that me, kind of face. He reminded me of so many similar looking white guys. Yeah, yeah. He also, I... I, my issue with the music for this was not, I just, I made a little snarky comment about how Camila Cabello is not very talented, but I don't even stand by that. But I do think the way this music was recorded, every single song, it felt like they recorded before they told them what the context of it would be. Because like, mm -hmm. sometimes people's, like his face was so expressive, him specifically was doing so much acting in his face as he sung. And you could imagine what the vocal performance he was giving on the day was. And it was not what was like recorded. You know, it was just like, he's saying everything very straightforward in the studio sessions. And then once they got on set, he did a bunch of acting that you just do not hear. Like, <laughs> everything sounds just like a, a pop cover and for this like jukebox musical, yes. which is just the wrong energy for me personally. Unfortunately, I feel like that's more on him and the director. I think that he knew the context before recording. <laughs> I, I don't know that because also like Idina Menzel, I mean, I guess whatever, there's one moment where you're like, oh, real, you know, the music gets really, you can tell sort of like, oh, there's some storytelling happening here. But even like Material Girl, you're like, Idina Menzel can act, you know, like Camila Cabello, I was like, okay, this was a woman who is a pop singer and is just like performing very like she's singing aesthetically well, but there's just it doesn't sound right for this kind of musical storytelling because there's no like character or story infused into it. But then you have more experienced musical theater singers and it's like, OK, I'm still sort of having this problem. I think that it's just the way like I, I blame the director and the musical directors more than I do the individual performers because I just don't know that they were like set up to succeed. Like, I don't know that they were given the context and the time to develop those performances that they needed for them to like work for me but um so yeah cinderella let's get into it let's get into <laughs> it. we open on rhythm nation which already i'm like why <laughs> oh this is kind of fun i actually didn't know that song so i was like oh you don't fun, know rhythm nation song. but then <laughs> i realized that's not true <laughs> but yes they, we meet the townspeople of this town billy porter is narrating to us that this is like a very traditional town and everyone's stuck in their ways and we're like huh okay that's not very interesting and we meet all these people they're very boring they're just going about you know they're all we yeah. meet a bunch of commoners just going about their days they've got water buckets and stuff i don't know they're just doing their thing and then we go to this isolated little cabin and idina menzel is hanging the laundry and you're like oh idina menzel is like a poor woman <laughs> with dreams or something but she's not she's the step and then you realize like oh this is the evil stepmother and you meet her two daughters they have names, but no personalities or story to be bothered yeah. with. So I don't remember. They their names. were so irrelevant. I feel it was like, like one Malvolio of them... and Narcissus. Or yeah, one like of that. them was Narcissa, and she was supposed to. And I really thought that she was gonna have a like relationship with that random farmer man. Nope. But they had no plot line. And I thought maybe the other one would have a with Thomas. With but yeah, nothing yeah, happens. But no. They have nothing happens for those characters. But we do meet them and they're named and they are like, look, I'm like confident and I'm dumb. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. We go downstairs, <laughs> we meet Cinderella. <laughs> We learn that she's called Cinderella because her face is always dirty. She looks up from her work table with a perfectly clean face. Yeah, they say that that's why her why they call her Cinderella, but she never has a single cinder on her face the whole time. She never even is seen like sleeping in front of the fireplace. She has a bed. 
Yeah. Like, just, it like, doesn't in the make basement. any sense. And She's she, like, not. Yeah. I don't know. There, her relationship with the family is very confusing to me because, you know, in the original Cinderella, or at least, I, don't, I mean, I don't know, like, the origins, but, like, traditionally, the stepmother, like, m- makes Cinderella, like, forces her into slave labor around the house. Well, this she, Cinderella, Cinderella does a lot of, we see her preparing the tea for her family, yes. you know, like, there is Cinderella that is one certainly... scene where they're, like, hanging laundry, and they're, like, why are we doing Cinderella work? But also, like, they're doing it she's free to like go about town and when we and first make meet the stepmother she is also she hanging wants. clothing yes yeah. exactly it is i think that cinderella is sort of always presented as like there is this stepdaughter who is in this like liminal space and because of that she gets just like put upon to do everything and the extent to which that is like there are demands placed on her and like the conditions of her getting to stay living in her family home are like vary from retelling to retelling and this one just this version seems to be inconsistent where it's like sometimes like she's got to prepare the tea every morning and no one else is doing anything and the sisters are just upstairs being frivolous but sometimes everyone's like pitching in and Idina Menzel's stepmother is very like you can't sometimes she's like I want what's best for you I care about marrying you off because like you're a part of my family Mm -hmm. But sometimes she's like, go clean or whatever. But not yeah. really. She's it's, never really it's like, It's really strange why she, like, she doesn't give off Cinderella vibes at all. She, she maybe also... has a disproportionate amount of chores, but they never really show the stepsisters or Idina Menzel being that mean to her. There's no reason for them to call her Cinderella. When she, I mean, I got, we'll get to this, but like, typically they're like, oh, Cinderella, you can't go to the ball because like servants don't go to the ball. But this time it's because she gets married off. Like they're actively doing things for her, even though it might have been like maliciously, like they don't treat her like a servant. They treat her like a stepdaughter. Yeah. The thing that's distinct about her is that she like, dresses differently than them. Like the biggest yeah. way that she stands out is not that she's like given piled on with tasks, but that she like doesn't have nice dresses. They all have like lovely prints and like weird sort of anach- like anachronist anachronistic materials for their clothing. And you're like, oh that's interesting. But she and th- that's like interesting, but it makes you think one, why not? Because she does seem to be a part of this family, you know, like why is she not going shopping with you? But also, two, it's weird because she is a design. Like, yes, I why doesn't this. she wear anything that she designs? Yeah, if she I has the concept of Cinderella eye. as someone who like has goals outside of just like doing things for other people and getting married, like it, it, it is a more interesting take on the character. But it's like so fumbled here because the concept is like Cinderella wants to be a designer. She's got this vision for like her store called Dresses by Ella, but she never wears an interesting dress. She's like trying to sell, like she's not like, it's not like we see her express her eye for design or style on other people. Like she's doesn't seem to have ever tried to sell a dress. And then the one time we see her do it, it's like so awkward when she, she doesn't know how to talk about her work. She's just like working on dresses in isolation. And it's also extremely goofy given like the period elements of this because there's one period of time there's a moment where she says like handmade dresses one of a kind design and it's like girl isn't this like the 1600s there is no such thing as a not like one of a kind dress yeah <laughs> that's you're just saying dresses <laughs> you've said nothing there's no selling point in that it's just the product yeah um but anyway so we meet her that's her deal um yes so she sings this original song called million to one and she sings it kind of annoyingly (laughs) it's it does it sounds like it's meant to be playing on the radio it doesn't sound Mm -hmm. like it sounds like a pop song but but she's you know like very expressive in her face but it's just not there (laughs) in the, the thing you're hearing um and the song is just like oh, I know that it's unlikely that I'll achieve my dreams, but I'm going to do it, hopefully. <laughs> and you're like, okay, sure, whatever. 
her friends are three little mice um and they're they're like real mice but they speak they speak but she can't understand them yeah they they speak in male voices but we later find out that she had the whole time thought they were women because they had little chipper Mm -hmm. mouse squeaks like, and the reason that we hear James Corden speaking, but the reason she thinks that they're women is because she thinks all mice are girls and all <laughs> rats are boys. I'm like, what is why was this included? It just, I don't know. The whole movie feels like they're trying so hard to be funny that it makes everything that might have been funny not funny. That line, honestly, I did chuckle a little bit at because I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> kind of like, I, thought they, that I, I know that people love to hate James Corden, but no. I have no problem with that man. And the James scene when Corden he and the other was my was favorite part of this movie. I didn't know he was in it. And then as soon as his voice was one of the mice, I was like, of course he's in this. He has to be in every modern movie musical. But then when they like become people, that was the only actual funny part. When what did what else? Oh, he was like, I just peed, and you'll never guess how it <laughs> happened. <laughs> that was funny. And then they're clapping and they're like, yeah, This is like- crazy. <laughs> Humans make so much noise or something. That yeah, was fun. They are. The, those those three actors are doing I mean, I'm sure they're all doing good work, but James Corden stands out the most just because you like know yeah. you're like, oh, it's James Corden. Mm-hmm. And and then also a part of me is like, oh, everyone's gonna hate this just because it's James Corden. But I there's nothing wrong with this. I know. <laughs> this James Corden gets such a bad rep, and I don't know why. Yeah, I don't understand it. He's an enjoyable person, and he's other than cats, which I don't think we can blame him for. And all I of think his performances. That he, I mean, my whole. We're not talking very... about cats right now, but I could talk extendedly about how I don't think he does anything. Like his number in cats is well done and he performs it well. And the moments that are stupid and fat phobic are put on him. You know, that's exactly. not like yes. making choices. Exactly. That's him like accommodating a director's stupid vision. Yes. That's exactly what I was saying I just didn't say all the words but that's exactly what I was thinking (laughs) yes um but so yeah she's friends with mice they're her only friends I think oh then we meet this weird guy whose name is Thomas and he like sells them oh yeah that happens then yeah yeah he like comes by and like gives them radish I don't think he even sells them and he He carries a cane and Camilla Cabello is like, do you need that cane? And he's like, no, but it makes people like think I'm hot. And you're like, oh, it's a thing to tell this woman who you want to think you're hot. Like, I guess you don't consider her to be a romantic prospect. But then we but later we'll learn that that's he not does. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it seems like the sisters both one of the sisters thinks she's hot. The other sister doesn't care. This doesn't matter. There's never any payoff. I know. And that was another time that I was like they all just get along because Cinderella like mutters to Narcissa, like he makes my skin crawl. And she's just like, Oh, me too. And then like the the third one is like, I'm into it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They like disagree amongst the stepsisters and Cinderella gets to weigh in. Like Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not a, it's not like a, abusive situation like yeah. it is in the past She's to the not extent like, that you would think she were, lives in the basement because she wanted the workspace for exactly, her dresses yeah. like it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. she's forced down there it actually feels like it gives her the space and freedom to do what she wants yes. you're like good for you she truly feels like an equal who's just a little bit different because she's not a blood relative so, so the then story, we get a yeah. see, then we meet this character who is just important for establishing the completely incoherent gender politics of this movie. The prince is meeting with this woman who's interested in marrying him. And she is like a lesbian prince. She says like, oh, the vile act of making a son. She's obviously a lesbian. She's wearing men's clothing. She's like, we're going to run this. These two countries will have wars or whatever. Clearly just like treated like one of the men. <laughs> 
because she puts on their attire. But she's in line with all these other women to like meet the prince and talk about him. And when she comes out of the room after he's like, well, I like hunting foxes and getting drunk and I don't want to rule the whole world. I don't have time for that. She's like, what a moron. She's like, I'll do all the work. And he's like, no, no, you really can go. And on her way out, she makes a little comment about how he's dumb and probably bad at sex or whatever. And all the other ladies are like, you tell us, girl, we agree with you and see nothing wrong with this. No, there's no judgment from the other women about her clearly being a lesbian. (laughs) And then we're never going to see that woman again. But the first sort of like woman in the aristocracy that we meet is that woman. So just bear that in mind now as the rest of this movie unfolds. (laughs) We never see her again, but wasn't he like agreed to be married to her for a day? And No, they don't get married. She's just, he's just told he has to marry her because Pierce Brosnan wants. So she rules all the way down to the sea monster. That's like a fun little recurring joke. And Pierce Brosnan, who is the king, wants the sea monster. And Pierce Brosnan is very disappointed in his son for not marrying this woman. And Minnie Driver is his wife. And you're like, what's your purpose here? She doesn't really, she just like makes little jokes, but she doesn't seem to do anything. I'll say the first second that we saw Pierce Brosnan was the king and Minnie Driver was the queen. I had so many reactions. One, I was like, Minnie Driver, you're better than this. Like, <laughs> why are you this? And right before that scene, I was thinking, like, there are so many other iterations of Cinderella that are just, like, because I was thinking already about how strange the family dynamic was. I was like, I think a very important part of telling this story is, like, where she comes from, like, what was her relationship to her birth parents? Like, what yeah. is her relationship to the family? And how did her dad and- die? Because in some versions of the story, it's, like, very thinly, mm-hmm. like, it's almost obvious that the stepmom killed the father. Yeah. But in this version, it seems like Idina Menzel genuinely had, like, tragically lost two. Like, she seemed sad that her husband's dead. You're like, oh, what happened? But we'll never find out. It's- yeah. <laughs> doesn't come and up. I was thinking about Ella Enchanted and then Minnie Driver shows up and I'm like oh why are you in this (laughs) but with a British accent I was like oh that's nice maybe you were like I gotta do a fairy tale in my natural accent I don't know why I did that in Ella Enchanted um and then Pierce Brosnan I was just like why are you here also but not in the same way as with Minnie Driver who I like but yeah but they're there and Minnie Driver is up to nothing, but she's talking a lot. She's truly scenes. up to nothing. Yeah. So and then, everything she's saying is just like, wasn't your throne a little bit shorter yesterday? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, is that, was that supposed to be a joke? Because then everyone in the room like laughed. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then we meet like the town crier and he's got like a... like an HBCU drumline band with him and they're doing sort of like he does a little rap rap about how he's replacing the old town crier who died (laughs) of dysentery that That was funny yeah I did think that was funny and then I was like what's happening (laughs) they were letting you know that there's a very important changing of the guard that's happening yes so then we go to the changing of the guard. Everyone gets dressed up for the changing of the guard, except for fashion icon Cinderella, who just wears her regular maid uniform. Well, and wait, her mom wait. is like uptight we about their. Oh, um, what did I skip? Somebody to love. No, I don't think so. No. Oh, that goes straight into. Because I think it's the changing of the guard, the and then the guard, the... and that she's sitting on the statue. Okay, so continue. Oh, maybe not. May- oh, shoot. Maybe I'm messing that up. I just thought that the after some immediately after somebody to love is when they decide that they're doing the ball and then they have the next town crier thing. It is. Okay. So in between, we just have the changing of the guard, I think, for fun. We see the changing of the guard and Cinderella climbs up on the thing. But that's somebody to love happens before the changing of the guard and he's getting changed for it and then he sees cinderella sitting on the statue oh you're right you're right he sings at the very end okay cool so, <laughs> so they're deciding on this is very weird sequencing i guess <laughs> they just they announce that changing of the guard is important we're gonna go to the changing of the guard 
Cinderella is going to go dressed in her regular rags, but she really wants to own a dress store. Whatever. <laughs> That's fine. Her mom's uptight about their presentation at this event, but doesn't tell Cinderella, hey, why don't you put on one of the dresses you're always making so you look a little more decent? Anyway, then we cut from that, I guess, back to the town. I mean, back to the castle. And that's when he's like being told by his dad he has to get married and they're going to do a ball and invite all of the nobility and landowners and fancy people so that he can marry someone proper. And then he sings Somebody to Love. And then that transitions into the changing of the guard. We're at the changing of the guard. Ella climbs up on this statue of Pierce Brosnan to like get a better view. No, of it's the not a it's a Pierce Brosnan's father because as soon oh, as okay. the song is over, Pierce Brosnan screams, "Get off my dad!" <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, "What is he talking about?" And then we pan over to Ella just like lounging on this giant statue, <laughs> she's, like sitting in its lap. <laughs> And then she's like, oops, sorry. Um, <laughs> but you should really have bleachers. A running gag throughout the whole thing is just like making fun of olden times. And, and specifically women pitching modern solutions to historical problems yeah, well, being that's... told by men they can't. Because we've also already met Gwen at this point. Yes, day. that's a specific thing. Gwen is... Robert I don't think we said the prince's name is Robert and I'm like why is his name Robert I don't know what it usually is in Cinderella but it's definitely not that but anyway (laughs) it's just prince charming (laughs) I don't know he had a name in the other Cinderella movie with Lily James and it was not Robert (laughs) but anyway his younger sister is Gwen and Pierce Brosnan is like if you don't marry who I tell you to um i'm gonna make gwen my heir and then she's like watching she like cut the eyes out of a painting (laughs) and that's how we meet her and then she's like um does anyone care that i think we should use the wind for energy (laughs) instead of fossil fuels and i'm like what are you talking about (laughs) And, like, I didn't think it was funny the first time, and I didn't think it was funny every other time. I was like, we get it. She's, like... It makes me... That kind of stuff makes me angry. It's just, like, what's the point? Like, it's not interesting commentary on the modern day to, like, make fun of your reductionist vision of the past. To be like, you know, we really should use more wind power. Like, are you... Who is that for? (laughs) I just don't, it's just not interesting. And it's especially not interesting with the gender stuff. Yes. But it's like. Also, whatever. like right before this, we were looking up, um, right before we started recording, we were looking up the creator, or the, the producer and writer director of this K canon. And I saw that she had worked on a TV show called Girl Boss. And the whole time, especially with Gwen, and Ella, I was just thinking, like, this gives off such girl boss energy and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Especially Gwen. It's just like, do we really need this white woman, like, saying all these things Gwen's that, like... not interesting also because she's, like, not a character. Like, she's not a full mm-hmm. character. She doesn't have... Her goal is established pretty early, like, oh, I would just like to be queen. And she's just waiting for someone to give it to her. Like, she's not yeah. actively... And it, this is the thing that infuriates me. Both the mini driver character and Gwen fail to demonstrate the way that women had influence in historical time periods, which is that they would like be the trusted advisor to the male figurehead Mm -hmm. leaders, you know, like they were present in those boardrooms, even if they didn't have seats at the table. And this gag of Gwen being like, is anyone interested in my policy proposal? And then being like shut down, kind of erases that. And Minnie Driver not model, like it would be one thing if it was like the daughter's doing this and you're thinking like, okay, someday the mother will teach the daughter to more subtly do that influence. And that's like an interesting tension. If the daughter's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be whispering in his ear. Like I just want to be at, have a seat at the table. That's like an interesting dynamic, but that's not what's happening here. Cause Minnie Driver also does not exercise any influence. She's also like mean to her husband to get him to do what she wants. And it's like, this is just not... <laughs> correct yeah (laughs) or like interesting or useful or productive like what's the point 
Also, the only line I can think of that Gwen says that's not one of those gags about introducing like modern technology to the 1600s policy, <laughs> whatever this is, yeah. <laughs> is when Robert leaves a scene and then she sits down and then Pierce Brosnan is like, get out of here, Gwen. And she's like, you're seriously not gonna give me a seat at the literal table because I'm a woman and I was like oh my god you could not hit the nail any harder over the head like just get out of here yeah it, it just feels wasn't like a strong man argument it's like <laughs> you established this table like this isn't a real table <laughs> Like, he just wants to be alone. He's sick of you constantly telling him all these things that he doesn't understand because you don't introduce them in a way that they could ever actually, like, yeah, right. And you don't even put into policy. She's going to be a really good leader. You know, she's not like Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) She's trying to be that way where it's like, oh, I have all these ideas, but she's not like, it's just the, it's just the like teacher's pet part of it and not Mm -hmm. the sort of like, understanding of the systems that they're working with you know like is it like what I don't don't know whatever (laughs) it just is not interesting to me we can move on from let's move on (laughs) that's a good plan um so (laughs) I get through a lot of this movie the next number somebody to love ends and oh yeah so as soon as he sees Oh, right. The way we got into this is because Ella's like, sorry, I'm sitting on the statue, but we should have bleachers here so, like, the (laughs) short peasants can see what's happening. And Robert is like, I'm immediately in love with that peasant girl. I've never thought about bleachers (laughs) in my life, and I'm so sold. So then he's like, fine, I'll play your little game, Dad, but only if you invite every single woman in the kingdom like even peasants and Pierce Brosnan is like that is literally not playing my game I just want you to marry a wealthy woman who's like part of nobility and he's like well then I'm not playing your game but do this (laughs) (laughs) so they do and then before that Oh, Idina Menzel sings material. No, so girl. then we have he's with no? his friend, and we learn that it's his best friend, and they make fun <laughs> of each other because they both look like pirates. And you're like, okay, whatever. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> and he's first, I have speak. to say, the whole time during that scene, I thought that that was like his, like, whatever, like a lady in waiting, but for men. And then he's at the end, he's like, I'm your best friend. I am your best friend, right? And he's like, of course you're my best friend. I'm like, what is even your name? (laughs) And we like never see him again. They also have this banter about looking like pirates. And that's the first time I noticed his little earring. And I was like, oh, he put in the earring for his disguise. But he didn't. That's just his regular look. So his disguise is nothing. He just puts on a headband. And he goes into town. And I'm like, no one in town is wearing headbands like that. (laughs) But go off, sis. (laughs) He goes into town in disguise because he doesn't want anyone to recognize him and they don't to try to find Cinderella. And he does. And they have a conversation. And in it, she's like trying to sell a dress. And everyone's like, This is the first time she's ever tried to sell a dress. She goes, Someone's like, How dare you try to sell a dress that you clearly stole from your like (laughs) boss? She's like, What? I made this. Why would I have stolen it? And then she's like, please buy this for five pieces of silver. I swear I didn't steal it. And everyone's like, well, that's a weird pitch. I'm not going (laughs) to buy something that seems like you probably stole it. And then Robert's like, it's also I'll buy it. not and on that's... her. It's just she's carrying. She's, she's wearing her it. ugly frock, carrying the dress loose in her arms. Like, look <laughs> at this dress. Don't you want it? In a time period where clothing was often made, like to or like you would pay someone to make yes, you specifically a dress. for you. You don't buy clothing off the rack. She's the only person trying to do this. She's inventing a model of sale for clothing, which is interesting, but that's not what she's actually. That's not what yes. she says she's doing. <laughs> But so anyway, Robert so finds yeah. her, buys it for triple what she's asking. 
And then she says this thing to him about how, like, everyone knows Gwen's really the person running the well, show. Well, he's like, are you going to the ball? And she's like, no, why would I go to that? I don't want to meet the stupid prince. <laughs> and he's like, oh, um, why would you say that? She's like, well, everyone knows that the prince is stupid and serves no purpose. And, and he's Gwen like, he gets, he's is a mother's real... boy who gets, like, spanked on his torch tush- <laughs> or something. And you're like, what? <laughs> where is that coming from? Um, but yeah, so they have some conversation. Oh, and then he's like, well, if you go to the ball, like, I will introduce you to people, like, rich people who will buy your dresses. And yeah, she's I'm like, very oh, well that would actually be very helpful. Okay, I'll go. Yeah. And then another one of the few things that I actually thought was kind of funny was as he's walking away, she's like, I hope the dress fits. And he's <laughs> like, I'll try it on as soon as I get home. Um, and then she buys the nicest fabric that they sell at the fabric store with the money that she got yes. for selling him the dress. And this fabric is extremely boring. When we see it later, you're like, this is the nicest fabric they have in town. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> While this is happening, Idina Menzel and the sisters are doing Cinderella work. And this is when Idina Menzel sings Material Girl, explaining to her daughters that they should be material girls and marry yes. people for their status. Because they see this hot yes. boy. They're and like, they're oh, like, so oh, he's hot. And yeah. she's like, I don't care how hot he is. You have to marry that ugly man who grows <laughs> radishes. I'm like, I don't think that guy is very wealthy either, but <laughs> he just grows radishes. All we know he has to his name is a horse, is a horse. <laughs> A cart and radishes. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so that she sings Material Girl and they're like, okay, I guess we'll be Material Girls and not think that that very hot man is hot anymore. Um, It's meant to be her teaching them a lesson, but obviously since they don't matter, it's just her sort of asserting her worldview, like weirdly late in the movie. You're like, yeah, we kind of get it that this is your deal. You don't need to sing this whole song, but I like your voice, so that's fine. Yeah, she only would agree to be in the movie if she got a set number of songs. So they were like, like, we want to sing Material Girls? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then they sing Am I Wrong? and that's immediately i was like what can we at least pick a time period if this is gonna be a jukebox musical like we're just picking all these random songs it doesn't really make sense it's like she's like designing her dresses she's like am i wrong for thinking i could be a designer and he's like am i wrong for wanting to marry a peasant i don't i don't even know what anyone was actually saying when they were singing the song there too i'm not sure what she's thinking about but she's thinking something that she's am I maybe am i wrong for, for encouraging oh, she's teaching daughter. the daughters to be because they've learned they're going to be material girls so they're taking these lessons on etiquette from their mother about how to like impress the prince and it, it doesn't make sense like the logic of the stepmother doesn't make sense because cinderella does seem to be a part of the family she cares about cinderella looking nice when they go to the changing of the guard but she's not even including cinderella in the like that would be an interesting conflict if Cinderella's trying to work on her designs for her dress because that's what she cares about. And the stepmother's like, no, you have to be like able to balance books on your head or whatever. Well, but the stepmother at, doesn't like even check in with her. At this point, did she already like arrange the marriage? She said that he agreed between... to marry her this morning, the day of the ball. Mm. But it does, like, I guess she's planning that. So yeah, the day of the ball comes... Cinderella's wearing a very pretty dress that she made for the first time and every like Narcissa and the other one are like oh we look so good and then she comes out and they're like let me just stay home I'm like but you're like this she dress looks isn't fine yeah, yeah you guys look good too <laughs> yeah um and but then um Idina Menzel is like, oh, actually, you can't go to the ball because you're already spoken for. And she's like, only I speak for me. (laughs) She's like, well, you're going to be married, so you can't go as a single woman. She's like, ew, I would rather die before marrying Thomas. Like, he's just kind of weird, but you make him out to be like a perv. Like, he's (laughs) just some weird guy. (laughs) 
But Idina Menzel is like, oops, and spills ink all over Cinderella so she can't go to the ball. And Cinderella runs out. She sings a reprise of her million to one song. So sad, covered in ink. (laughs) Or no, she changes back into her dress. Yes. Into her regular rag. And then, oh, and we skipped just some dumb thing that I didn't think would be important, but there is a caterpillar like growing. What's it called? Yes. Or um, yeah and she like puts it in a little thing and he's like everyone else thinks you're disgusting but I love you <laughs> and then as she's singing the reprise of million to one the butterfly flies by and she's like oh you made it buddy I'm so proud of you or something and then the butterfly turns into Billy Porter who is What's her kind fabulous of godmother. Yeah. The graphics of the butterfly transforming into Billy Porter are good, but there's not a real sense of scale. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure at what point the butterfly becomes the size of Billy Porter <laughs> or if Billy Porter emerges butterfly size and then he grows. <laughs> that part's not clear. But the, like the wing, the, you know, the scales of the wing are sort of folded into the material of the dress. It's kind of nice. Anyway, Billy Porter is in this movie for like five minutes and he's way too present in the advertising material for this movie (laughs) because he appears, he's like, gotta get you to the ball, turns the mice into James Corden and friends. He sings a really weird version of When You Wish Upon a Star. No, it's Shining Star by Earth, Wind and Fire. But doesn't it start like, when you wish upon a star? Is that how that song starts? I thought that it was a little mashup. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe I made that up. Let me see. <laughs> um, I'll just Google Shining Star lyrics. When you wish upon a star, your dreams will take you very far. Yeah, yeah, that's those are the okay. lyrics. <laughs> so he arrives. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was misleading. <laughs> Billy Porter emerges as the fairy godmother. He sings his version of Shining Star. And as he's doing it, like they're really economical with the screen time. He like immediately starts singing. There's there's no like comforting that happens. He's just like, Yeah, you gotta go to the ball. Let's make your dress. Let's get your mice. I don't know. We'll just turn a crate into a horse. There's not a lot of <laughs> There's not that many significant things in her life to transform. So it's just yeah. kind of like a random box. And then he's like, get out of here. <laughs> Run at midnight. When the clock strikes midnight, you gotta go. Also, oh, he gives her the shoes he... and she's like, you can't walk in glass. And then yeah. he does another spell to make them more walkable. Also, he puts her in a pantsuit and she's like, this is weird. And he's like, well, damn, you said you wanted to be a businesswoman. Fine. And then he's like, let me think and like pulls a design through magic from her room and then she's like that one's impossible that was just a fantasy design and he's like well I got magic and then she's wearing it and she's like oh my god he makes it out of like tree flowers which is kind of but then when she gets to the ball some queen is like how did you make this dress? Like, I want to hire you. I'm like, girl, you are in over your head. You used (laughs) magic to make this dress. That woman is going to be very disappointed in what you can actually do. (laughs) (laughs) But we never talk about that. Yeah. Anyway, she she she, gets to the ball. The other thing that happens before she gets to the ball, she tells Billy Porter, if my stepmother sees me, then I'm like going to be in so much trouble. And so Billy Porter's like, okay, no one will be able to recognize you and cast some magic. And and then then she's she's like, like, wait, but I met a stranger and he's going to help me with my business. So he needs to be able to recognize me. And then he's like, oh my God, you're so like needy. But he's like, okay, that one guy will be able to recognize you. But he just says that. He's like, fine, he'll be able to recognize you. But he doesn't like cast. He doesn't do another spell or anything. (laughs) But it works. Yeah, it's true. So she goes to the ball. She's just walking around. She's like eating shrimp or something. And then (laughs) (laughs) this this elegant black woman with like a kind of unclear accent comes up and is like, I'm Queen Tatiana. I am a queen. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, like, okay, good for you. (laughs) 
her deal is that she's constantly, she is a queen on the go. She is in constant motion from country to country. She travels the world. And she's like looking to hire someone with the design expertise to up her fashion game while yeah, she's, she's on like, the road. She's like, I have so many events to go to and I hate all of my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, Cinderella first of all loses her mind like she's completely unable to speak she's the woman's like I like your dress who made she's like "Uh, yeah it's uh, me I and like just babbles for what's implied to be like five minutes because we cut away and then come back but eventually she gets herself together she explains she made the dress the woman says meet me at four when the when the clock strikes four tomorrow we'll meet and talk you're like it's kind of a weird time like four four pretty late in the day but whatever. And she tells Cinderella, don't be late. And then Cinderella says, I'll be at the south end of the market. And the woman is already walking away. So you're like, this was a poorly made plan. <laughs> yeah. But she says, I-, I hate people who are late. And you're like, great. She's looking forward to that. So Cinderella is like, I did what I wanted to do here. I didn't even need to meet that stranger. Mm-hmm. That exception to the spell was meaningless. Let me get out of here. Yeah. She's getting ready then to go. And she bumps into Adina Menzel. And she's like, oh, this oh my God, that, I'm actually. so sorry. And then she's like, no, I'm sorry. I've never been around nobility. And then she's like, oh yeah, like it's okay. And then she's like, I love your shoes. And she's like, yeah, they're made of glass. I was able to walk in them in like a couple steps. And then I don't know, that's it. Yeah, that, then but she it's walks important up the stairs, that that's, that's she when she meets shoes. Queen Tatiana. Yeah. But then as she's leaving, the prince starts making yeah, an announcement. So he's like, oh, she didn't come. And then he's like, I'm sorry, y'all are great, but someone's already caught my eye and she's not here. And then people start laughing. I don't know why. <laughs> and then Ella like bumps into a she's dog a or something. <laughs> and she's makes- like, she's, she notices that he, he says like, I know a lot of you think that I'm a mama's boy who gets spanked on the tush tush. And she's like, oh, oh my yeah. God, that's so embarrassing. So she's like trying to dip out the back, but the band is in the back and she walks right into a symbol and everyone turns and looks at her, including the prince. So and then he's like, like running over. This is really embarrassing. <laughs> and then he's like, you look so different than you did yesterday. And she's like, so do you. You're a prince. Why would you let me? You're not me... a pirate. <laughs> She's like, why would you just stand there while I said you were a mama's boy who gets spanked on the tush tush? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> um, and hey, then Dan. she's like, well, I'm gonna leave. Oh yeah. Then they sing perfect. Oh yeah. Which is nice. It was nice. And then nice. they go into the little piano room. He's like written her yeah. a song. But oh, just wait, a no. Scale. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to leave. Like, I saw all the dresses. I ate all the food. And then he's like, there's <laughs> one dress you haven't seen. Oh, yeah. And then, and this was actually sweet. Then this he's was like, sweet. I'd like to introduce to everyone my sister, Gwen. And then she stands up and she takes off her little, like, cloak thing. <laughs> and she's wearing the dress that he bought from Ella the other day. And when you and see it on her, you're like, it's fine. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, it's so beautiful. I'm like, it's all right. Like everyone else here is better dressed. It than looks kind the of princess, like a modern but... prom dress. It just like yeah, it's not quite there's not the period elements that the other mm-hmm. dresses have. Yeah. But so it's but like anyway. less original to my eye. But I guess you can imagine why I would be like, whoa, I've never seen anything like that if you were alive in this weird fake time period. Yeah. But then everyone is like, everyone's so supportive of them dancing. Everyone kind of understands, like, he's not interested in us. He's interested in her. And, and they then, go off together. They're, yeah, like, walking around. Like, she, do you want to like, go somewhere else? And she's like, sure. And then, yeah, they're, like, weirdly flirting and walking around. And we just keep cutting back to this is when James Corden is discovering that he can clap his hands together. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is very strange sequencing, but Okay. <laughs> Um, and one then... of the mice is like trying to see if the horse that used to be a box has a mind now. He's like, if you can understand me, blink. And then the horse blinks, and he's like, oh. like what are the implications <laughs> of that? But it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but then he's like, 
playing a little thing on the piano and then later Idina Menzel plays like I a whole concerto I was like wow you make this prince look like a little dum-dum but <laughs> <laughs> but she's like wow comes- you have so many hidden talents and he's like yeah, yeah I guess I do have a purpose I'm like well <laughs> I wouldn't say that you could just play a couple notes on the piano <laughs> eventually it comes out that he would like her to marry him but if she married him she couldn't have a dress store you know like it's not proper she she could wear the nicest dresses but she couldn't make her own clothes and she's like whoa 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 I'm not interested in that life my life is this movie has really insane class politics where like multiple times he's like I have empathy for you because I understand what it's like to be like a weirdo and to not like fit in or whatever and then she's like they're just constantly paralleling like the life of like poor people who cannot access opportunities to the box that he was born into because he's a prince like he has to be a certain way you're like i don't know about this same thing yeah like i think remember when you dressed up as a pirate and then you just were a regular person for a day you could just do that forever if you wanted she literally can't be you but fortunately Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to because these two things are morally equal (laughs) she's like if i have to choose being married to you or living my dream i choose me even though it's not like she had i mean like she she set up an interview but it's not like she's ready to choose. She's like, I can either choose a very easy life or like a possibly difficult yeah, journey to get where I grind. want to. And yeah, I respect that she chooses it. Although it's presented in a way like I have both of these things and I'm <laughs> going to pick one. But anyway, um, then he's like sad, but he's like, I respect that, but I love you. <laughs> And then they like go back into the main ball, and the dad, Pierce Brosnan, is like, Oh, yeah, he's like, I present to you your queen. queen. Just as the clock is striking midnight, she's like, I gotta go. And so the prince like helps her escape, and the dad feels slighted by this. He's like, Why would you embarrass me like that? Her dress is turning back into flowers, it's kind of pretty. The mice are like, Oh no, (laughs) we're turning back into mice. And the she's box. like, ah, oh, these the magic is wearing off. These shoes are so painful. Take yeah. them. <laughs> she kicks one right at the prince's best friend's face. The prince's best friend is like, she could have killed me. And the prince is like, I don't care. <laughs> so she leaves the shoe behind. She takes the other, like much like usual, the shoes for some reason unaffected by the end mm-hmm. of the magic. But everything, you know, you get your classic escape scene. Mm-hmm. She dips out of there, heads back home goes into the basement and is like gotta get to work on my material for my interview with queen tatiana Mm -hmm. and the mice are like she's betting on herself like we respect that you're like okay sure (laughs) (laughs) she's been up all night we learned through the mice then idina menzel comes downstairs and she's like all right get ready for for your or whatever she's like why haven't you prepared tea and cinderella's like i'm sick (laughs) and then idina menzel is like okay well Oh, no, they have, like, a normal conversation. She's yeah, like, she's how was like, the ball? did I ever tell you? Oh. They're, they chat about the ball. She's like, there was one girl who just, like, he was all he was interested in, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes to leave and notices no, no. the shoe. No, no, first they have, like, a really nice conversation where she's, like... Oh, is that like, before that? Mm-hmm. Because okay. it's kind of weird just because she's, like, tentative about getting married, I guess. And oh, she's okay. like, I used to be a really good pianist. <laughs> this whole thing also and is so stupid. <laughs> then I don't even remember the story. She went it's, away for a she month. Was an extremely gifted pianist. It, I guess ladies aren't allowed to play the piano, but she even was so though, good at the like in this time period, we were like expected to be incredible right, at the piano. Correct. <laughs> but I guess the in this this is a weird society where the men are expected to be able to play the piano because the prince can. And Camilla Cabello's like, I've never seen that before in my life that was incredible (laughs) but so the mother the stepmother was very good at the piano she was married she already had her two kids but she got offered I I guess as an old lady as like an older woman for some reason she was recruited for this prestigious music academy so she went for like two weeks and it was the best two weeks of her life she was playing the piano she was learning new scales she was writing concertos I don't know she was having a blast she comes home and her husband is like 
I thought that I was married to a woman who took things more seriously and he like left her or something like she her life fell apart her life was ruined because she went to music school for two weeks and she learned then and there that like in if you're a woman in this day and age you just gotta do the family things and you can't have it all and she really impresses that upon her children and then she's like all right well hope that that helped and then she like bumps into the table and the other glass slipper falls and i guess by this point it had been announced that the prince was going around and oh and that's a whole other thing after the ball pierce brosnan's like you wasted taxpayers' money on a ball and then you just didn't even pick anyone. You will marry Princess Laura the day well, after today. Well, he says, um, then, like, the woman I picked didn't pick me. Yeah. And many drivers like, oh, that's Aww. sad. And Brosnan's like, who cares? She doesn't get a choice. She's a pet. Like, she's just a lady. Just She'll do whatever you say. If you won't have the balls to tell your girlfriend to marry you or else, then you have to marry a lesbian. <laughs> And he's like, fine, I guess I'll marry the lesbian. <laughs> but Minnie Driver is offended by this because she's like, you're saying that it doesn't matter that he wants to marry someone he loves? How dare you? I thought you loved me. Her whole thing, her whole conflict makes no sense to me because I don't think she loves him. So <laughs> why is she offended that he doesn't love her? But anyway, then... She goes, she goes to her fencing practice. <laughs> Pierce Rossi comes over. It's a, it's not appropriate women to play the piano, but they should be very good with the sword. Wait, let's go back. Somehow they agree that he will find Ella and oh, he will marry right. her. So then that. they're like, we're gonna the no, town this crier. Th- this is first. This it's is the fencing. That? First, she's fencing. She's drinking from a very so. modern glass of water after her fencing practice, and she explains to Pierce Brosnan that he used to serenade her like a knight in shining armor and it's really hurtful to her that he doesn't love her you know that he says he doesn't care about love because she knows he used to and you're like okay interesting backstory and then, that one conversation oh, is enough right, to right. jolt him into a change and so yes okay to, yeah, yeah that's what i thought you were talking about okay so the town crier is like hey everybody the prince has a shoe and if you have the other one you will marry him <laughs> even though the shoe doesn't really matter because he knows exactly who she <laughs> yeah. is. But he still he knocks on every other door first. He's knocking on all the doors. And there's one woman Someone... who has made a glass slipper. <laughs> he's like, yes. you're not the person. <laughs> like, this doesn't fool me. Yeah. Um, and there's one woman who's like, I'm not interested. And then he's like, well, I'm not either. Like, it's supposed to be sort of like... I don't know, like a gotcha, but it's, I don't know. I thought that he was into women who weren't into him. I'm like, I want to know that lady's story. Why is she not interested? Doesn't she like like have a son? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a single mother. I don't have time to be marrying a prince. All those expectations. I can't look at your box. But anyway, as Agina Menzel is walking out of, she's like, all right, well, you're sick. I'll let you be or whatever. Or I'm ready to get married. Then she bumps into the table and the other shoe falls. I and she's actually like, don't think oh, this no, has maybe, happened yet. Because it's just that she recognizes the shoe. She just the recognizes shoe. the shoe. So it's yeah, not. Exactly. It's yes, she's like, yes, oh, yes. it was you. You were at the ball. Like, go yeah. to him. It's not too late. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it is too late. I told him I'm not interested. And Idina Menzel is like, you stupid idiot. And now I'm going to take you to Thomas and you're going to get married right freaking now. Yeah. And she... She sings a song called Dream Girl that I'm just learning Idina Menzel wrote. <laughs> really? That's cute. And For it's her. Like, don't have dreams, girl. You're you just get married. No, it's like the word. I think it's like <laughs> it's more thoughtful than that. The co- it's like the world doesn't have room for another dream girl. You know, like the world doesn't need another dream girl. Like the thing you're trying to be is not necessary or uh, obviously I'm also not explaining it well but I thought I liked the song I thought it was a good song too that was just the only way I knew how to explain it (laughs) (laughs) give up on your dreams of becoming a baker you gotta give up on your dreams pretty specific reference (laughs) anyway (laughs) um so then 
and Camilla Cabello is in a carriage on her way to get married to Thomas or Thomas comes to pick her up and they're going to the courthouse. I don't know what's happening. They're going someplace and she times her escape. She's like, I got to get to the market. We're watching the time tick. It's like 20 minutes till she's got to be there. And she- And then James Corden crawls up and bites the like footman and yeah, he like attacked ah, the footman. And the footman I don't the- know why that was necessary. Well, because then, then the footman sort of jolts and she uses that opportunity to, to jump out. In the hubba baloo, no one stops her yes. from tumble rolling out of a moving vehicle. And then everyone's just like watching her, like, what the hell? <laughs> She's like dead sprints away, and they're like, okay. And she like rolls down a hill and is like, wow. And then she starts <laughs> running. <laughs> And then and she's singing she her little sings song. Million to One again. And at the same time, the prince is riding his horse to find her and he's singing some other song. And then you, we see her like turn and start running and he's just like following her. And then <laughs> and she it's not gets clear up. if he recognizes her. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets up next to her and she's like, what? and falls over <laughs> it's like what anyway and then I was kind of thinking like I don't love that she has to like make this choice you know like the ultimate feminist film for me is Splash because it, I do it I talk about this too much but really I was so profoundly moved when at the end of that movie you know Daryl Hannah's like do I stay in the human world where all these scientists want to do experiments on me because I'm a mermaid? Or do I go back to my mermaid world where my boyfriend can't be? But then Tom Hanks just gets in the water. He's like, you know what? Turn me into a mermaid. I'll never see my loved ones again. Sometimes you have to make sacrifices. It doesn't have to be you, you know? And I, I, it was like just a, a paradigm shift in my brain that the guy could do that. And so now that that paradigm has been shifted for me, it just feels tired to me when a woman is like, do I, what do I choose between these two things? And, and in this case, with the girl boss energy of it, it's really like, can a woman have it all? You know, like, what a boring question. <laughs> so, then, so then we get this, like, really clumsy sort of splash ending where he's like, he's like, you know what? I, I choose me, too. He's like, okay. And he's like, but by choosing me, I choose us because I would rather be with you than be king. And she's like, good for you. You didn't want to be king anyway. He's like, but now I know that I don't have to be. Right. (laughs) The thing about this that isn't satisfying in the opposite way from Splash is that he's not He's not giving anything up. He's just doing what he wants. From the very first scene, he like clearly doesn't care that much about being king to the extent that this whole thing could have been solved when in the first time that he's confronted with this and his dad is like, I'll just will everything to Gwen. He should have been like, Okay. Okay. Yeah. I really don't care. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. that's not a threat to me. And then the dad would have to deal with that. You know, like it just it, it, he's like sort of going along with this, and then it's just not. And it's not even like if he's going along with it because it's like there are expectations on me, and I am like in this box. Like it's extremely self-serving to just be like, you know what? Actually, screw it. I don't want to deal with that. You know, like are there there are people depending on you. There's a kingdom and a family that needs, like you're, it's not like empowering to be like, actually screw my responsibilities, you know? But, mm-hmm. but it's sort of played that way where it's like, oh, he is choosing him. And it's fine because he has had this sister who's willing to just like do it instead the whole time. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. It just doesn't like hit in a satisfying way. You're like, okay, I guess this worked out. But then the whole conflict never really existed. Like if this was just on the table and mm-hmm. was what you wanted to do. And there's no like structural ob- you don't have to like change the laws so your sister can do it like she literally your dad was willing to do that from the very beginning of this movie yeah there's a part when he's talking to Gwen where he's like I don't make the rules I'm just the king and it's like ugh <laughs> but, but anyway, anyway they go to the thing they go back to the palace and she gets like, the job oh, she shows queen tatiana oh, right, all right yeah. queen tatiana's like, like yeah, yeah i hope you can make these and she's like me too but she's tired <laughs> all we see she gets there has like a table with drawings and then turns to robert with a thumbs up like <laughs> she says, oh she got the job <laughs> oh, right she says huzzah we skipped earlier he says huzzah and she's like what and he's like it's a fancy way of 
showing that you're excited or something. So then she says, huzzah, and it's cute that she said it. And then (laughs) Then they they go to the palace palace and they're like, oh, nice to meet you. So are you going to get married? And they're like, we're not in any rush. Very much giving me like and like after the final rose vibes on the bachelor (laughs) but they're like so when's the wedding and they're like we just want to travel for a while and like date (laughs) but they do that's what they say they want to do and in fact they don't even define themselves as affianced because later some queen like newly queen gwen describes them as She's like, my brother. Like, what do I call you? And yeah. she's like, um, in love. I'm like, why would she call you my brother's in love? But anyway, <laughs> then he's like, you're in love? And she's like, well, yeah. And he's like, me too. I'm like, I thought you guys already professed this, but yeah. whatever. And then another random line that we skipped earlier is when Minnie Driver is mad at Pierce Brosnan. She's like, do you know how many times I just want to yell in front of everyone, you're wrong, or like, stop it, or whatever. I didn't remember that. And then he's like, all right, party, everyone go home. And she's like, no, stop it. You're wrong. Whatever. What she said she wanted to do before. And then she's like, let's get loud. (laughs) And then the final song is Let's Get Loud by Gloria Stepan. Yeah, it has real Descendants energy where you're like, what's this song doing here? It's just like a number at the end. It feels like a Disney Channel movie where they're like, we gotta go out on a song. Disney Channel movie. And then there's some weird moment where Ella is like leading a parade and then she sees Idina Menzel and Idina Menzel is like gonna cry. (laughs) She's like singing Let's Get Loud but like in a really like sweet way. (laughs) And then it's like they made up even though like they weren't, I don't know. And I was like in in a normal story it would be like let's not forgive the stepmother for abusing Ella but in this one I'm like you guys were always on fine terms this yeah. isn't powerful in any way but <laughs> I mean it is meaningful though because like you do feel like you need that moment because it's like this woman did nothing wrong like we do yes. want some follow-through because yeah. their relationship is not that fraught that like mm-hmm. you know we want to see them patch this up and the yeah. sisters are like we're also here and then <laughs> I didn't all... invited into the final chorus of let's yes. get loud and then, and then they all dance, and that's the end. Yeah. When we decided we would watch this, I knew it was going to be bad. And while I was watching it, I really thought it was even worse than I thought it would be. I didn't dislike it. When I started it, I was like, this is fine and fun. Like, I don't mind a historical, like, a, a jukebox. Like, I'm trying to give it, like, the credit of like I love Head Over Heels you know so like I don't have an head issue over with heels. contemporary music in a historical period but then it was too sort of like it was trying to say something about like womanhood in the 21st century in this context where it was just like so annoying I was like so, just every time someone was like encountering a gender-based obstacle I was like shut up <laughs> this is just not interesting I'm I was just about to make a case for why I hated this and really love head over heels and then I remembered we literally skipped a number because the songs head over heels has specific song choices and a specific world that they've built and tell a really compelling story with a clear and meaningful message this movie has a very confusing world and just picked the most random songs. What we skipped is a mashup of What a Man. That's by Salt and Pepper, right? <laughs> and Seven Nation Army. And it's in the ball. And I'm like, what? What? None of this is good. We also, so, I mean, that number was I don't fine, have honestly. Problem. That was just like introducing you to the concept of the ball. But yeah, it's... I don't have a problem with jukebox musicals if they're done well. No, but this I don't one was I, done poorly. I I found this movie to just be like not that interesting in its execution. I didn't have, but initially I was like, Cinderella is like a very underdeveloped 
character, you know, like as a character, Cinderella has nothing going on. And so it's interesting to see like, what would happen if Cinderella actually had like a goal, like some goal that was sort of at conflict with some of the fairy tale elements of this. Like there was something she wanted for herself that was not like indentured servitude, nor just like marrying the first prince that she was interested in her. But the, then the execution is so poor that it's not mm-hmm. really worth your time. Like, I think that the concept, if you were to pitch this to me, I wouldn't be like, what a terrible idea, which I feel like some people are just like, dismiss it out of hand. And I tried to go yeah. in with an open mind, but I c- couldn't hold on to it. By the back half of the thing, I was like, I don't really care about this. You know? Yeah. I feel we like- We skipped also Pierce Brosnan's stupid song and driver's <laughs> oh, window. Right. Like, not that- <laughs> yeah, not that, that song, I was like, is this- making fun of how bad Pierce Brosnan was at singing in Mamma Mia because he doesn't have a backtrack. He just like sings purposefully horribly for a couple (laughs) seconds. And he's like, I'm sorry for being a, and then Minnie Driver's like, pig headed idiot. (laughs) I'm like, good for you, Minnie Driver. You got to sing a little. (laughs) When that happened, it made me just want to be watching the road trip episodes of Speechless. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, wasn't a fan of this movie. Yeah. Well, hopefully next week we'll like the movie more, but we probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Well, that's the end of this. Thanks for listening. <laughs> My name's Jackie. I'm Nicola. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe to us on Pocket Cast.